You're listening to the Psych Central Podcast, where guest experts in the field of psychology and mental health share thought-provoking information using plain, everyday language. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Hey, everyone. You're listening to this week's episode of the Psych Central Podcast, sponsored by BetterHelp, affordable private online counseling. Learn how to save 10% and get one week free at betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. I'm your host, Gabe Howard, and calling into the show today, we have author Jen Sincero. Jen is the author of You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life, which is a New York Times bestseller. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Jen, as, as someone who lives with an anxiety disorder, I'm naturally drawn to anything that will help me stop doubting myself. And as the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole, I'm drawn to any book with a swear word in the title. And as a public speaker and a podcast host, I'm drawn to anything that will help me live an awesome life filled with greatness. So for me, at least, your book is a triple threat. No kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> It is very awesome. Now, your latest book, which is also a New York Times bestseller, is titled Badass Habits. Can you tell us about that book? Yes, it's not a New York Times bestseller yet, but yet. coming soon, damn it. Yes. <laughs> yes, because we're going for greatness. Don't doubt yourself. That's right. Don't <laughs> doubt your book. It is the next in the series of the badass. It's the fourth badass book. And Badass Habits puts everything that you've learned in the previous books and also the stuff that you learned in the beginning of the book into practice. So basically, the first half of the book has you work on your mindset and your identity and setting really good boundaries and realizing that your thoughts, beliefs, and words are habits. And then the second half of the book is a 21-day course of sorts to put all that into motion and get started on creating the habit you want to create. Do you find that habits are uh, essential to success? We hear about bad habits all the time, but we never seem to hear about how good habits drive our lives. That's because you ain't reading my books. Yeah, <laughs> I think they are essential to success. Absolutely. Yeah. We always think it's just our actions that are habits, but your thoughts, beliefs, and words are also habits. And successful people pay close attention to how they're thinking, what they're believing and what they're talking about and who they're hanging out with and all that stuff. Absolutely. And all those fall under the category of habits. So my answer is yes, they matter. I know that there's that famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm. People. It's if you've been in the business world any amount of time, it's either the greatest book you've ever read or the most annoying one. But of course, that book lists the habits for you. It's, hey, you need to develop these habits. Mm. Now, your book helps you develop habits on your own, the habits that are important to you. Is, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And it helps you bust yourself on the bad habits that you may not even realize you've got that are keeping you from the success you want to have. But how? How does it work? It just seems overly simplistic. Hey, go to the bookstore, buy this book. Boom, bad habits gone, good habits appear. Can you talk to us about <laughs> how it works? Awareness is always the key to any change. So it's about first becoming aware of the habits you've got. And we walk around on autopilot. We believe that it's really hard to make money or that we suck at making money, or we believe that relationships always end in disaster. Or we, you know, we have all these beliefs and thoughts that are dictating 
how we perceive reality. And so the very first step of the book is to sort of make you step outside of yourself and start paying attention to what you've got going on, especially in the areas that you would like to improve in your life. So it really gets you into the specifics of your thoughts, beliefs, and words around what you've got going on and the habits you want to change. And then I help you learn how to create new thoughts, beliefs, and words around the habits that you'd like to change that are not doing so well. And then I lay out how to set really good boundaries for yourself so that you have the time and the space. I don't think a lot of people think about that when it comes to habits, but you've got to have some damn good boundaries to make sure that you're giving yourself the room to grow because it's things are changing. So you've got to make sure that those are in place. It seems so overwhelming. Mm. The the number one habit that it seems like the world is trying to create is uh, we want to pay attention to our health, whether it's diet, exercise, some sort of we want to look pretty because bathing suit season is coming. So we're going to make a habit to eat better, go to the gym, walk, but it's also complicated, right? It just seems like incredibly overwhelming. I love that you brought up overwhelm because I believe that overwhelm is the number one killer of all growth. We basically stop ourselves before we start because I'm obsessed with that idea. I talk a lot about it and I help you chunk it down. It's that whole thing that's one day at a time. Don't eat the whole elephant. Do it bite by bite. I break everything down into bite-sized chunks and keep you really aware of the fact that overwhelm will absolutely knock you off track if you're not careful. So one of the things I recommend is if you've decided I am going to become a jogger and I'm going to jog every morning for 45 minutes, there are going to be days where you wake up and you're like, oh my, I would rather do anything than put on those sneakers and jog for 45 minutes. I recommend that if you just are so dreading it, put on the sneakers and jog for five minutes. Make it easier for yourself just because the more important thing with habits is that you get into the habit of the habit. If you at least just show up, if you at least just put on your sneakers, just keep showing up for the habit so that you start identifying as a runner. That is really the crux of all of it is how you identify yourself. You're not a lazy person who's trying to become a runner you are a runner. And so a runner puts on their sneakers every day. And when a runner shows up every day, so just keep showing up every day. And even if some days you don't show up for as long as you want or as big as you want, the most important thing is that you just keep showing up. And I really think that will help with the overwhelm because you don't have to do the whole thing at once. One of the things that you talk about in your book is that in habit building, it's important to shift the focus from what you are doing to who you are being. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes. When most of us go to change a habit, we're really obsessed with the actions we're taking, which is important, but we sort of forget to work on the identity around that. As in my previous example, like if you're identifying as somebody who's trying to become a runner versus someone who is a runner, that's a really big thing. And I give you specific ways to shift these identities. It comes down to the specifics of taking five minutes and really thinking about, okay, What does somebody who identifies as a runner, what do they do every day? Who do they hang out with? How do they speak about themselves? What do they focus on when they're walking around in the world? It's all these little specifics. Once you get clear on what some of those are, you can help yourself so profoundly in anchoring in this identity before you've actually achieved the actions of that identity. 
now I am a non-smoker completely, but I used to love smoking cigarettes. And that was one of the key things I did back in the day before I even really realized what I was doing. I wasn't a smoker who was trying to quit. I just identified as somebody who was really healthy, who had pink lungs, who took really good care of her body. And so what that did was it knocked out the negotiation process. If I was out and I was having a cocktail and I was like, oh, I'm just going to have one cigarette tonight. It's not going to do anything. That negotiation process is the crack that opens up into the flood. And that's what you want to avoid like the plague. And identity will help you with that because if I'm identifying as a healthy person who's got pink lungs, who takes care of her body, I'm not going to negotiate about smoking a cigarette because it's not even on my radar any more than having a bottle of vodka for breakfast is on my radar if that's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? If I'm still identifying as a smoker who's trying to quit, that negotiation is front and center all the time. It's a really powerful mindset shift that's going to help you massively when it comes to anchoring in this new habit. Oh, Jen, I like that a lot. Now, I I know that in your book, you give many great tips for creating and maintaining habits, but we don't have a four-hour show. (laughs) So what would be your top three practical tips for someone looking to implement a new habit? Okay, so the first one would be getting into the specifics of what the new identity entails and taking the time to really sit down and take that seriously and to start absorbing that identity as the new you. So that's the first tip. The second tip is to make the habit as easy or hard as possible. And this sounds like such a no-brainer, but again, take the five minutes to get into the specifics of what that means. If you are going to run every day, if that's the new habit, get some new sneakers that are really comfortable and leave them right by the front door. Put out your running clothes the night before. Have a running buddy that you run with every morning. Put it in your schedule that this is the time that you are going to run. Come up with a list of very specific things that are going to make it a lot easier. Join a gym that's really close to your house instead of one that's across town or get a treadmill in your basement. Come up with ways to make it as easy as possible and the opposite for if you're trying to quit something, make it as difficult as possible to participate in that habit. And then I guess another really great tip that works really well for me is what I call mooching off another habit. See if you've got an existing habit that you can just sort of carpool another one with. For me, I live in the desert and I need to drink a lot more water than I normally do. So what I've started doing is barnacling the habit of drinking a glass of water onto stuff I'm already doing anyways. When I wake up and I I always have a cup of coffee in the morning, but I'm not allowed to have my cup of coffee until I have my glass of water. And I make it easy. Nice. Okay. Yeah. By leaving the water right by the coffee maker the night before. It's right there. I can't forget it. And I just tack that on to a whole bunch of other things. I like that. I I like what you said there about barnacling it along to another (laughs) habit. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that the habit that you attach it to is is a habit that you're fond of. You you used coffee. You're not going to skip the coffee, but in order to get to the coffee, you need to go through the water. So when you connect the two together, it it's sort of a a reward. Is that another way to look at it? That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And that's another thing. Rewards are a big part of my habit course as well, but absolutely. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know managing my mental health and a busy recording schedule seemed impossible until I found BetterHelp Online Therapy. They can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. 
Just visit BetterHelp.com slash PsychCentral to save 10% and get a week free. That's BetterHelp.com slash PsychCentral. Join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. And we're back discussing how to create badass habits with author Jen Sincero. Now, obviously, you didn't just make this all up. You didn't sit down in front of a computer one day and just start typing and magic came out. You did a lot of research on Mm -hmm. habits. Was there anything that shocked you or surprised you when you were doing the research for this book? You know, I think the thing that shocked me when I was doing the fine tuning, all the research I'd already done, was that this identity piece wasn't more that I didn't find a lot of that in more of the books and also that the course aspect, because I really believe that, and don't get me wrong. I think a lot of the books out there about habits are amazing. I read so many just incredible books, but I guess it's because I'm a coach and I, I really understand that to really embody information that you take in, you've got to put it to use as you're learning it, or it just becomes more cerebral as opposed to part of your fibers it was more that there wasn't more action involved in the material that was out there from what I could learn. I mean, maybe there's an amazing book that does that, but I didn't find it. Was there anything that didn't surprise you that you just, you knew you were positive of and you were like, yep, it works exactly that way. And the reason that I ask is because again, we get overwhelmed by this stuff. And yet I found by interviewing so many people about so many different mental health topics that it almost seems like the thing that people believe going in almost always ends up being exactly it. We're just Mm. not willing to put the work in or we're complicating it in our own brain or Mm. we're so overwhelmed. So we start adding to it. Do habits form exactly how we think they do? And we've just made it complicated. (laughs) I think we (laughs) overcomplicate everything. We love (laughs) drama. I remember when I was just starting out getting my act together and I was reading all these self-help books and they kept talking about your beliefs, thoughts, and words. And I was like, come on, I can't just say a mantra every day and shift my focus and then my world is going to magically change. And obviously I had to do a lot of work and take a lot of scary action and push myself But the mindset piece is epically important. And I was really, for the longest time, trying to make it more complicated and more mysterious than it was. And there is a reason that we talk about this all the time, because your mindset is pivotal. What you believe is available to you and what you believe you're capable of, you will see that in front of you as long as you're going to cling to that belief. And the real problem is, We love to be right. As humans, we would rather be right than happy. Back in the day when I was broke and I I stank at making money my whole life, I was living in a garage at the age of 40 and just scraping by. And I really believed that I sucked at making money, that, that it wasn't available to me, that you couldn't make money as a writer. And I had all these beliefs. And anybody who was like, you know, Jen, actually, if you did yada, I'd be like, what are you crazy? Do you not see that I'm living in a garage at the age of 40? I think I have enough proof to show you that I think it making money. Da, da, da. I was so attached to being right about my situation, about who I was and what was available to me that I spent so much time proving it. And then it wasn't until I was available to prove that perhaps I could make money, that perhaps there was a way for me to make money as a writer 
and go against everything that I've been so busy proving and being staunchly heels in the ground about my whole life to disprove that and start proving something different. That is when it started to change for me. We have to unhook from our quote unquote reality. And that scares the heck out of most people to unhook from what we've been proven because, you know, that's the foundation of our reality. And if that's not true, oh my gosh, our security has gone. It really is this very primal decision to stay focused on the things that aren't serving us and to keep proving them because we're scared of losing the foundations of our reality. I'm going deeply into this stuff and but anyway, no, I, I love while you were talking, I was thinking it, it really is a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. in a way. And and what you said about we would rather be right than happy. See, I, I believe that I am a failure. And if I believe that, I don't have to do anything. Right. And when people are like, no, no, Gabe, you're wonderful and we love you and you're great. All I have to do to prove myself is nothing. Yep. So therefore, I'm just like, you were wrong. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> but it yes. doesn't serve us. It holds us back. Yes. And again, one of the most important parts of any change that you're going to make in your life is awareness. And you have to become aware of, huh, repeating, I can't afford it every day, 75 times a day isn't really serving me if I want to start being financially successful. So that awareness of, catching myself on what I was clinging to and what I felt I needed to be right about. And we've all got that going on in, in any area of your life that you are feeling stuck in or not enjoying or feeling frustrated about. I am telling you, listen to what you're saying and catch yourself in what you're believing about that area. And it will be very sobering. This is where journaling is so helpful, where if you just right stream of consciousness about what you believe about relationships or money or health or your own laziness or whatever you've got going on, write it all down and push yourself to keep writing past the point where you feel like you're done. And it's rather illuminating what comes up on the page and is staring back at you. <laughs> I happen to have firsthand knowledge with that. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Jen, let, let's put the, the spotlight on you for a moment. Something made you decide to write the Badass Book Series. Yeah. Who is your biggest inspiration? Who's your mentor? Who's your guru? Who inspires you? Oh, gosh, so many. I, I honestly, I don't think there's one person who inspired me as far as the Badass Books go. I've always been a writer. And I think what happened was, is I was really seriously working on changing my money story. That's That was the part that really started my own transformation. Believe me, there's been many other things I've needed to change since and before. But the money thing was my big thing. So I read every self-help book under the sun and I read all the money books and they were just totally blew my mind and changed my life. But while I was reading them, I was like, Where's the funny one? Where's the one with curse words? Where's the one that's, that's got <laughs> embarrassing stories? And because because I'm a writer, after I had had all this success financially, and I really did put into practice the stuff I had been reading about, I was like, okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the book that I wanted to read that would have been funnier and edgier. And that really was my inspiration for doing it was all those amazing authors out there who gave me the information, but just, then I just put it sort of into my voice. I'm, I love 
this question because the answer is almost always, I saw somebody doing something great and it was amazing. And I thought to myself, I can do it better. Mm. <laughs> and believe me, my book got rejected by every publisher. They're like, the world does not need their self-help book. I was like, but no one's written it the way I did. So yeah, you proved everybody wrong. I know. <laughs> it's the ultimate nanny boo-boo. Well, I'm bringing that up because I, I really want anybody listening to this who feels like it's been done a million times. What do I have to offer? Like your personality and the way you do something. Listen, everything's already been done. We've been walking the earth for a very long time at this point. So really, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to do it in your own special way. And that counts as something new because you are the only you that exists. Don't sell yourself short and feel like you have to come up with some new scientific discovery before you're allowed to do something or whatever. Just do it with your own personality on it and be as authentic as possible. And that counts as newness and awesomeness. I love that. Jen, thank you so much. Where can people find the Badass book series? You can go to youareabadass.com or jensincero.com. They'll take you to the same place. And that's J-E-N-S-I-N-C-E-R-O.com. Awesome. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. This was wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Psych Central Podcast. Wherever you downloaded the show, please subscribe. Also, take a minute to leave us a review. Other people need to know why they should be listening. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole, which is available on Amazon.com, or you can get signed copies for less money, and I'll even include Psych Central Podcast stickers. Just head over to GabeHoward.com. We'll see everyone next week listening to the Psych Central Podcast. Want your audience to be wowed at your next event? Feature an appearance and live recording of the Psych Central Podcast right from your stage. For more details or to book an event, please email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Psych Central is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website run by mental health professionals. Overseen by Dr. John Grohall, Psych Central offers trusted resources and quizzes to help answer your questions about mental health, personality, psychotherapy, and more. Please visit us today at psychcentral.com. To learn more about our host, Gabe Howard, please visit his website at gabehoward.com. Thank you for listening, and please share with your friends, family, and followers. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.